Hello and welcome to Who Are You? This is the Babylon 5 Watchcast, hosted by two former strangers, now friends, who've gotten to know each other while rewatching a favorite show from their childhood, Babylon 5. I'm Jafar. And I'm Laura. And today we've got Season 5, Episode 11, Phoenix Rising, the end of the telepath crisis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank fuck. Yeah. We, we did it. We got there. Mm-hmm. Well, we've, we've got to get through this episode still. But once then, then we have gotten there. Which means that this is our last episode with Byron. Yeah. Darn, right? Right. Oh, no. <laughs> and also, it's a, it's a very important end to a chapter in Alita's story. True. And we've got... Just a little bit of recasting left to do here to to cover all of the major players from all the seasons. Sure, yeah. So why don't we go ahead and do a little bit of recasting for Lita and Byron? Sounds fun. I'm excited. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> I can start us off with Lita. Okay. Now Patricia Tallman, a stunt woman. Yes. Which was my only point of reference for recasting Zoe Bell. <laughs> okay. Tell me about Zoe Bell. Zoe Bell is a Australian stunt woman who has made the transition to actress. To be perfectly honest, if we were doing this 10 years ago, I still would have cast. I would just still Patricia Tallman. Oh, man. She has had some very notable doubles. It says just in this little wiki right here that uh, she doubled for Lucy Lawless and Xena. So that is a real good parallel with Patricia Tallman. Yes. Yeah, who was Gabrielle's stunt double for a bit, right? Am I, I, remembering that I don't right? remember, but I was just thinking about, you know, she's obviously stunt doubled in a lot of great 90s stuff because she was yes. at times Gates McFadden's stunt double. Yes. Zoe Bell has a very similar career trajectory, trajectory from Pat Tallman, uh-huh. just like a decade younger. Yeah. Yeah. So. And it says she was even the double for Uma Thurman and Kill Bill. That's a yeah. big one. She's She's got her genre chops. Uh-huh. And she's done some, she's pretty good in the things that I've seen her in that weren't just stunt stuff. Sure. So, yeah, Zoe Bell, That's my awesome. Pick. That's a good pick. Well, for Lita, I went kind of a different direction. I wasn't thinking as much about the stunt shops. I kind of figured mm-hmm. you might. So I was trying to okay. be a little different, trying to diversify. Cover them bases. And so I was thinking more about facial expressions and like intense looks because we get a few Mm -hmm. really good intense looks out of Lita, you know, especially when we do the crazy blackness to her eyes and stuff. Yeah. Um, And you know that I have been binging a lot of Shameless. So I went with Emmy Rosam because she gets some good intense crazy looks. And I was like, yeah, I bet she could do some crazy telepath looks that really serve that i think i know who that is yeah give it a googs yeah mm-hmm. yeah i've seen her and stuff oh yeah. yeah phantom of the opera yeah i feel yeah. like she could you know when we have like creepy jacar moments or just anybody generally being creeper give them some facial business some uh nice glares and stares and then, you know, if we want to keep the Zach subplot, I think she'd be great with a, an awkward boy who's trying to, like, get her <laughs> attention. So, yeah, I would pick Emmy Rosam. But I'm very curious as to how you would recast Mr. Byron. So my brain is not always working at 100%. Sure. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned this on pod before, but I have a little dyslexia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I'm not like it's not terrible dyslexia. Mm-hmm. Like I I definitely can st- read and stuff, but to actually sit and read a word in the way that I was instructed in school mm-hmm. is a significant amount of effort for me. Sure. Most of the time I just look at a collection of words and just kind of osmosis it. I don't really know how to describe it. Um but I do read very fast. Mm. Um, I typically read when I'm reading a book, I'll read about a hundred pages an hour and I usually am rereading every page two or three times before I flip. Like that's just like, it's scan, scan it like three times, absorb it and then move on. It's just how I can read. Sure. Okay. Um, Which is unusual. I'm told. Mm -hmm. So when actors have names that are close to other actors names, Mm -hmm. Sometimes my brain is mean to me. And when those actors kind of look even a little similar, they've kind of got the same nose and, you know, you're looking at stuff and you're not quite sure when it was Uh exactly. And you don't know how much older someone might be compared to someone else. Um, Sometimes your brain is mean to you. So like when you're a kid and you're watching Mr. Bean and it's, you know, from 20 years ago then and you don't know that. And then you're watching Babylon 5 now, and uh-huh. it's currently airing. You may not realize that two people are not even close to the same age, which is exactly what happened to me for Robin Atkin Dows and Rowan Atkinson, which have a lot of the same letters <laughs> in different order. Sure. Um, so there was a period of time in my childhood where I legit thought Byron was Mr. Bean. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't until much later that I knew what was going on. And so in honor of my brain meat's not working, I'm going to give this one to uh, Rowan Atkinson. Yeah. All right. I want to see him handle the telepath sex. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm going to skip those. You're just going to cut that rewatch. part out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But. Indeed. That's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, I, I had a good chuckle at that okay so i went with like the same vibe of like i need a long-haired person that -hmm. can give me an intense look that can do this telepath communication and maybe have some spatial expression in it um something you know something somebody believable as like a pacifist kind of leader perhaps and that would be mr keanu reeves oh that's good that's real good Especially because he has so many characters who are, like, not pacifists. And Byron's yeah. thing, as we learned in this episode, is he was so sick of the violence he felt forced to enact. So I feel like that's something that Keanu Reeves, knowing his previous roles, could probably tap into. Yeah. And, you know, I think as a person, he's pretty uh, well-documented, is pretty chill. I think he could bring a lot into that. And that it would be maybe a little more satisfying. <laughs> yeah. I like Byron being older. Um, yeah, because he's supposed it, to have lived a bit, right? Yeah, it lends a bit more to that, I think, if you see someone who's like in their 50s who's all like, no, we have to do this. Trust me, I've tried the other way. Yeah, he's lived long enough to try the other way a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my get for okay. recasting cool. Mr. Byron. Maybe a little more satisfying. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and start this episode. Season five, episode 11, Phoenix Rising. We open on some more Psy Corpse men and women. Uh, We definitely see both genders, but 
Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that term corpsman is that gendered or is that like mm-hmm. mankind where mankind is the generic term for humanity kind of a thing yeah is mankind gendered i I think some people would argue that it yeah it's still gendered it's still kind of assuming that the default is the man (laughs) fair um i've never really thought of it that way but maybe that's like i bet there's some professors out there that would you know argue about it (laughs) yeah okay Yeah, but we got the Black Omega shuttles, you know, dropping them off on Babylon 5. So that's a symbol to us that have, especially that have read Bester's books, that these are Bester's personal best because they are the Black Omegas. Yeah, these these are his personal picks for the people to handle problems. Yeah. And uh, Bester kind of explains the situation over the last couple of episodes in a way that is like... I wonder if they were on like a three week break or something. Yeah. And felt like they had to remind people. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of thing that doesn't happen in the streaming era of television yeah. as much. Yeah. Because I could just hit next episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lockley comes in and calls Bester out on enjoying all of this. And he's just like, I enjoy being good at my job. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Look, everyone needs a way to control their teeps. And this is better than, you know, drugs or genocide yeah i was a little surprised that we're implying that everyone uses either what does he say he gives he lists a bunch of stuff religion laws drugs extermination i think are the words he uses yeah i'm guessing the laws is supposed to be the centauri telepaths Mm -hmm. i'm guessing the religion is supposed to be the mimbari telepaths Mm -hmm. Yeah, drugs um, would be humans. I mean, they've yeah. got they've got laws and drugs in the. In and I'm Earth. sure Bester probably even would say that the uh, the genocide would be the Narns. Yeah. There's evidence of Narn telepaths. That's why they don't have any any more. Yeah, I can't remember the full story on that. Was that the Narns killed their own, or was it the, the did Shadows it. did it? Yeah. Yeah. But even though we know it was the Shadows, maybe the word on the street is that the Narn just genocided their own i don't know who knows yeah yeah i mean bester was so in league with some of those people at certain points Mm -hmm. that who knows what he has heard sure you know when mr mordant is the your source of information for what the shadows did and didn't do you're like okay well sure yeah yeah you know bester really believes that this is the best way that we can manage this right now the core is mother the core is father and we are going to take care of our own family right yeah. So they're walking away and elevator doors open to a dead Psycop with Free Byron tagged above him. And that takes us to our theme. After theme, Byron FaceTimes Sheridan so he can get his people on the outside to try and chill the fuck out. But he needs the Psycops to leave for that to happen. It's a little late, bro. Uh, Sheridan calls him out on that. And also, like, he tried this before they left and wasn't able to succeed. I don't know why he thinks... It would work now that they've started killing. Yeah. I, I'm getting confused in my notes between Byron and Bester for a second there. I was picturing Bester and I was like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, I don't know why we think we can get the psychops to leave this way. Bester barges in on their conversation and starts yeah. bringing up the details of the second book that we read. Yeah, book club. Yeah, Bester read 
book club with us, so he knows what happened in his own past. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't, you should go back and listen to that episode because it's very pertinent to this story arc. Yeah. And then hit up your local used books and find yourself those books. Yeah. They've got a copy of the trilogy at John King in Detroit because I didn't buy it because I already have it. But (laughs) they don't have a lot else. (laughs) Right. Anymore. Yeah, because you bought it all. (laughs) I bought all of it. It was great. We saw pictures. I've got so many Babylon 5 books. Yeah, we put them up in the Discord. I also grabbed a copy of uh, one of my favorite TOS Star Trek books, which is How Much for Just the Planet, which is a fun one with uh, Kirk and Krug, who is Christopher Lloyd from Star Trek 3. Oh, nice. Always fun. Anyways, Fester, he's talking some shit, and he gives Sheridan some shit about his liberal attitudes. Okay. And I'm like, bro... (laughs) Sheridan is a anti-federalist who wants a weak central government that is self-sufficient without needing any galaxy-wide taxes or any kind of support besides existing to exist. The only reason he supports the ISA is because some cooperation is needed to maintain balance. Dude is as conservative as JMS will write. I like, think really? It was supposed to read pretty liberal for the time, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. If Sheridan is giving me, like, 90s Republican, maybe 70s uh-huh. Republican, pre-Reagan yeah. Republican vibes. Well, and, you know, we've got to consider the source, too, because it is a straight-up fascist telling them that he's a liberal, so... Fair. Yeah. <laughs> we find out nobody's heard from Alfredo in days. Whatever in happened the, uh... to Mr. Garibaldi? Ah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> we move to Bester Quarters where Garibaldi is waiting, and he's got a PPG pulled on him. Mm. And Bester just toys with him. Oh, my. He's God. like, oh, you want me to go press the button? Oh, this confession? Oh, uh, no. I'm going to go sit down and have some tea now, and you're going to fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, this is where we find out that the torment of Mr. Garibaldi continues Yeah, and uh, that he has been programmed that he cannot harm Bester or allow him allow harm to come to him through inaction. Yes, he's been straight up as a moft. You think robots care what some hack science fiction writer thinks? I killed Isaac Asimov on the way over here. Yeah, he's never going to be able to do it. Isn't that sad? Well... Yes. Um, I have feelings about vigilante justice. Mm-hmm. And True. Garibaldi clearly doesn't. But, you know, that's uh, that's fine, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, presumably, if even if Mr. Garibaldi was not inclined to vigilante justice and just wanted some sort of justice, that's yeah. still allowing harm to come to Mr. Bester. So he can't even, like, turn him into anyone because he might be harmed. Now, he's clearly told Sheridan, right? Mm-hmm. Like, people in the circle know what's going on. So I wonder how well-defined that not-doing-harm-thing is mm. and what does and doesn't count. Yeah, Because <laughs> yeah. it's not quite clear here. Yeah. Because, like, if Sheridan could try him and put him to death under ISA laws, which I doubt, but mm-hmm. hypothetically, right. is just telling Sheridan allowing Fester to come to harm? Mm, good question. 
So slippery slope, I guess. The yeah. the thing that makes me angriest about this whole thing, though, is that after Bester, you know, kicks him in the nuts a few times and then leaves, Garibaldi goes and destroys the comm system in his rage. And it's yeah. like somebody's got to put that back together. Somebody's got to yeah, clean dude. that up. You didn't need to do also, that. Isn't like firing a gun twenty times going to set off an alarm? <laughs> Zach's like gun fired in Bester's quarters 20 times. No one knows where Garibaldi is. <laughs> well, we could probably just slow roll the team down there. I mean, nobody feels great about Bester anyway. It's true. Byron gets pressed by Lita on his history with Bester. How does she not know this shit? I really They did the telepath the fucking down. We know what goes on there from Talia. Yeah. And also, he clearly saw into her mind. I mean, maybe he was just being very preoccupied with her mind. Maybe she's such a powerful telepath compared to him that his shit just doesn't make it across because hers is so loud. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It just seems like something she would have known by now. I wondered in this scene, because they they were talking about, you know, Byron has failed in his pacifistic teachings. Did he fail because of the telepath sex and because Lita's rage boiled into him and then Ooh. boiled into everyone else? It's all Lita's fault? Is that uh, the theory you're presupposing? Well, I'm just saying that she was altered and made so strong by the Vorlons and has oh, a yeah. lot of repressed rage and stuff. Did that inadvertently bleed into Byron specifically or... Byron and the colony. He is definitely angrier after the fucking. Yes. Which mm -hmm. is not normally how that works. <laughs> so <laughs> your theory does have uh, some points going for it. Yeah. For sure. I really and I, I don't think it was an active thing. And I don't think that's what you're saying either. No, no, not uh, an active thing. To be clear, yeah. uh, just to say that part out loud. I don't think Lita was actively trying to bring about violence. Correct, yeah. Uh, but she she does have a lot of unresolved anger, mm -hmm. which is righteous. Mm -hmm. Um she gets treated like shit constantly. Yeah. So she really does. And and you know, the Vorlons, we don't know what they did. So they may have enhanced some aggression or something because they knew that the shadow war was coming and going to be, you know, this was going to be needed. But now it's not needed anymore, and oopsie doodle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. We get a flashback to some of the events from Book Club here, mm -hmm. and the source of Byron's guilt. Yeah. Garibaldi asks Franklin about overcoming telepathic blocks with drugs. Uh, yeah, we get this we cut off, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's possible, but... And then, hostage situation. Guns. Um, yeah, the rogue telepaths are fighting a psychop or two, and they end up in med lab where they kill the psychops and take hostages, and they broadcast their demands. Byron wants to go to med lab to stop this. Uh, Franklin gets pushed around for trying to protect some of his patients, and I'm just like, nobody here knows about Franklin. <laughs> right. There's like 15 telepaths in here. That all rode the Underground Railroad into Babylon 5 at some point, mm -hmm. and not one of them. Like, they had to get to the station somehow, and that's the thing that he's been had been doing for years. Yeah. Not one of them is all like, oh, actually, maybe he's cool. He's clearly on our side, even if he's doing his job right now. 
Not one. Well, did they just keep his identity so secret that it's been lost now? We see him hanging out with telepaths and running the clinic in Down Below. He gives them drugs through Lita and they share memories. Oh, that's That's true. That's a plot point. So like... They had to know that the drugs, at least the the recent drugs that they got that they needed came from Franklin or this med lab, you know, his his area. They're fucking in med lab whenever someone, whenever one of the telepaths gets hurt, broadcasting Franklin being good to them. Yeah. (laughs) Also the injured dude, but Franklin is there being a good person at that time. Mm -hmm. And it's just like. No one, not not a single one, happens to remember that at this moment. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, maybe he's maybe he's chill. Man. Like of anyone who deserves that pass from the telepaths on the station, yeah. it is Franklin more so than Lockley, uh-huh. more so than Sheridan. Yeah, and out of anyone, he deserves that pass. And the fact that they have an opportunity to give that and show that recognition to him, and they don't do it. Mm-hmm. And he's just an, a footnote in this plot for Lita to steal drugs from, even though he supports them, is so fucking upsetting because it's so unlike this show. This is the show that remembers stuff and does things about it. Yeah. That's what makes this show good. Yeah. And we see one of those moments at the end of the scene as the telepaths are roughing up Garibaldi and then they throw him in the ransom corner. Like, yeah. We we saw this video before. We saw it at the end of season four. Yeah, so it's just like, come on. <laughs> yeah, it. Like, I guess you don't got to be perfect every time, but this was a major plot point for multiple episodes in previous seasons. Yeah, uh, and we also remembered we have the telekinetic disciple Peter. Yep. Yeah, he throws some shit at Zach with his mind. He's gotten a lot more powerful. Yeah, sitting around in med lab apparently. Because yeah. I think he's been there since he was injured in his episode. I don't remember. It's like exactly. episode four or five of the season or something. It yeah. was a bit ago. Yeah. It's before Day of the Dead. So it's been at least a month's worth of episodes. Sure. We cut over to Bester saying, I told you so. And EarthGov is doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Lockley is all, do we want to negotiate with terrorists, Mr. President? Yeah. Uh, invoking Reagan? who's the one who said that. Uh-huh. And I'm just going to take a minute and remind everyone that Reagan fucked with the election, re-election of Jimmy Carter before he was president by negotiating with terrorists. <laughs> Lest we forget, he delayed the release of the Iran-Contra hostages so that Carter wouldn't have that victory before the election so that he looked better. And it's, it's so fucking upsetting, that guy... Mm-hmm. is remembered as the we do not negotiate with terrorists guy when he started his presidential career before he was even elected by fucking negotiating with terrorists when he had no legal right to do so on behalf of the United States because he was unelected. Uh, it's just, it's so fucking, ugh. <laughs> okay. Now if you want to, I'm not going to spend the next 20 minutes bitching about Iran-Contra. Google it if you want to know more. <laughs> yeah, there's some big... Uh... Uh, vibes here it it's a good question do you open this pandora's box now if you mm-hmm. negotiate with these terrorists then you're gonna have to negotiate with every other terrorist that shows up on babylon 5 wanting something um yep. and sheridan you know yeah the only way to just kill them otherwise there'll be more terrorists yeah because that historically speaking that's been true we didn't negotiate with terrorists the one time in the 80s 
and then it stopped. No more terrorism, everyone. It just <laughs> went away completely because we didn't negotiate then. What a great fucking policy. Yeah, it's all over. No more terrorism. If only they'd listened. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay. Sherid- I'm back. <laughs> Sheridan <laughs> is he should probably take a minute, right? He should probably take a mm-hmm. minute and think about this, maybe discuss it with the Len. But we don't yeah. see any of that. We just see him getting on the TV going, yeah, Lockley was right, I guess. I'm going to just send in the guns or something. Yep. Violence seems like a good answer, everyone. We don't want violence, so we're going to do violence. Yeah. Meanwhile, Lita is telepathically projecting through vents to find a way to med lab. And the shit is about to hit the fan. Lita and Byron arrive. We get a little bit with the telekinetic who wasn't supposed to let anyone through letting them through. Yeah. But it's Byron. It's Byron. He doesn't count. Yeah. He... They didn't mean me, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then we get the scene from the season four finale and see how it plays out with Byron killing the teep who was going to kill Garibaldi. I want to point out, I'm pretty sure that this telepath's name was Thomas. I think so. Yeah. This is the guy who I looked up last time who wrote all the crazy books. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So we've got Peter. Oh, and a doubting Thomas and telepath Jesus. Like, yep. this metaphor is really strong, guys. <laughs> he's just he's... so subtle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had paused here at this moment just to take notes like mm-hmm. I normally do, you know, when I'm going through. Uh, but Beth happened to see Byron regret face uh-huh. without any context and was just like, is that man about to start singing memories from cats? <laughs> and that sums up my feelings better than i could have that would be so much better than the song wouldn't it (laughs) (laughs) they just all start singing memory (laughs) (laughs) yeah sheridan reminds us that nobody's been on this show as long as garibaldi Mm -hmm. um he's worried which is not true yeah it's not true because lita has (laughs) well i guess she missed a season so well, Garibaldi also left the station for, like, half a season. Oh, yeah. That's true. And, and Franklin, once again forgotten, yeah, uh, shows up, like, three days after the gathering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because the doctor gets recalled to Earth immediately, we hear. So Franklin's there pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, or does he arrive in the... No, he doesn't arrive in Midnight in the Firing Line. He's already there. I think he arrived... I don't think he arrives in Midnight in the Firing Line, but I think it, maybe it's the next episode. Does he? Okay. Yeah. Regardless, Franklin also has been on the station a very long time, and he had a leave of absence, but he did not quit his job and go fuck off on Mars for six months. Yeah. So He was, he was bumming around on the station. But we have once again forgotten Franklin. Yeah. This episode. Yeah. So Byron calls... He wants to release the hostages since he's there now and he can mm-hmm. he's taken over, but he wants them to allow the tel- the innocent telepaths to leave. Yeah, the nonviolence to leave. Mm-hmm. And everyone else will surrender. No psychops. They come to these terms and Bester hates this and decides he's not going to accept it. And while this is going on, Zach rolls in with identicards and signed confessions by everyone, um, which is going to make it he says impossible for them to leave the station, but we know that's complete bullshit. Right. 
<laughs> the fact that those all those people are on the run from Psychor means that their identicards are probably forged anyways. Right, right. And but hey, yeah. How m- Zach tried to do a, a policeman's. <laughs> that homeschool security checklist coming in handy. Yep. Byron prepares to turn himself over while Bester creeps around Brown Sector looking for a way in telepathically. He uh, telepathically talks to Byron, trying to get him to turn himself over to Psychor. And then Byron and the violent teeps turn themselves in when Bester rolls in with a bunch of cops. And then the violence starts. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. We've we've got just chemical barrels hanging around. Is that right? Or how does the chemicals come up? Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. Yep. Some chemical barrels get hit. And Lockley catches it and is all like, shit, everyone has to stop. This is bad news. Like, we can't fire around this stuff. So they have to stop all the, these guns firing. And in this break, Byron tells Lita to walk away mm-hmm. and just dumps everything on her because Lita hasn't suffered enough. Mm-hmm. So we're going to we're going to make Lita suffer some more here. And just he just everything yeah. just like. All of the future of all telepaths depends on solely you. And also, I need you to carry all of the trauma from what I'm about to do. And also, you can't bear witness to it and get any kind of closure and just have to assume that what I'm doing is right. Bye forever. Yeah. There's some music underneath this whole scene that just really took me out of it. Yeah. (laughs) It was extremely Uh, sappy. My notes uh, say men would rather self-emulate than go to therapy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a thing yep. that's happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After Lita walks away, Byron ignites the dangerous chemical, incinerating him and all of the violent telepaths. He just kind of made that choice for everybody. But, yep. I mean, just, we're going to be martyrs, by the way. Everyone cool with that? No. Whoops. Yeah. What a leader. <laughs> just... Yep. Takes it. You know what would have been nice here? A very brief telepathic conversation of everyone looking at him and going, yes. A nod. That's all you need in the show, right? Yep. You just need a, a scene of them glancing and nodding for, for us, mm-hmm. the audience. Like, they don't actually need to do that as telepaths, but... Yeah. Yeah. Just something. They're talking in their minds the whole time. We know this. Yeah. So, yeah. Just Anything. But hey, they go on a big fireball, and that's the end of Byron. Yeah. We did it. We we got there. <laughs> yeah. Sheridan, after, I think it's after commercial, they're like yeah. cleaning up the scene, you know, Med Lab's there, and Sheridan antagonizes Bester a bit. Yeah. And Bester's just like, I don't get why they did that. We're all on the same side. I was just going to torture them and reprogram their minds. I don't know why they thought death was a better option than that. I wonder, you know, from having read Book Club, we kind of yeah. have a sense of how old Bester is and he and how long he's been doing this. He's seen this hundreds of times, right? Yeah. And just now he doesn't get it. And just now he seems like kind of affected this time. A little bit, yeah. perhaps. We'll, we'll have more on Bester later this season. 
he's not done for the season, even though Byron is. Yeah, I, I'm not going to say that I feel like he's totally changed or something. That's not true. No. But he yeah. actually seems pretty hurt and affected by Byron, who was on the Black Omegas at one point, choosing this instead. But I, he's seen it so much, right? He's got to be yeah. numb to it by now. I mean, he keeps saying he is. <laughs> I don't know. It was a little confusing. It, yeah, it doesn't feel like Bester. Mm-hmm. Bester should be sad that telepaths died. Right. But not understanding why they chose that when he came at them with guns. Yeah. Is a bit obtuse for someone who's supposed to be playing chess when everyone else is playing checkers. Right. Franklin has lost Garibaldi, so he's checking around the explosion area because that's where the most trouble is. Yeah. I mean, if there's Fair. like telepath explosion, it's not unreasonable to assume that Garibaldi might be there. <laughs> he's famous for not enjoying being around telepaths. So, yeah. Non zero chance, all I'm saying. And Garibaldi is near trouble, just not the trouble Franklin was expecting. He's finding trouble in a bottle as we see him drink some whiskey. Yeah. Before we end on that sad note, Lita is giving the innocent telepaths who are being allowed out a parting gift, which I believe is like all of the knowledge that Byron gave her. She's passing along. All the safe houses and stuff that they could go to. Yeah. She's probably divvying it out. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I imagine not everyone gets everything. Yeah. Uh, just for the sake of safety and splitting everyone up. But yeah, she's like saying, remember Byron and using this to telepathically transmit a bunch of information to them. Yeah. And we see Bester trying to look on and then just walk away dismissively. I would have loved just a little bit here of... The we got a like a visual earlier this season of Bester trying to get in someone's mind mm-hmm. and Alita slapping him away yeah. mentally. I would have loved to just have seen that like two second shot here again. Yeah, just go back Bester to that. trying to do it and her just turning her head and then seeing the camera like pull back really quick as Bester is psychically shunted away. Mm-hmm. I think would have been really worth it because I feel like that's what happens. Yeah, like we see Bester look. And then, like, is, like, upset a little and walks away. And we don't get anything. Just a li- show me just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Just give me a little confirmation that that's what's going on. And remind us that Lita is a significantly more powerful telepath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not just a victim here. Yes. That'd be great. That would be really great. Yeah. Remind us she's strong enough to shove Bester away and give these people hope at the same time, both of character and psychic ability. Mm -hmm. Maybe a little justice for Lita hashtag. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Do you think that in addition to like giving them a safe house or a place to go or whatever, is she passing along the memory that Byron has from being in Black Omega and the innocent people being killed? Because it seemed like he was holding that pretty close to his chest, right? If she didn't know about it yet, then his people didn't really know about it either. Yeah, I think you give them everything that they need to stay safe. And if that includes a little blackmail on Bester, it includes a little blackmail. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, You know, if that includes some secrets of some ambassadors for the area that they're going to for the safe house, Mm. probably that too. Like, oh, you're going to the Drazi safe house? Here are the Drazi ambassador's secrets just in case you need them. 
Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. that kind of shit. I imagine that's all in there. At least that's if it were me, that's what I would be doing. Yeah. So. And that would be very interesting, too, especially when you if you we could pair it with your scene of a little bester slap again, like mm-hmm. Lita's not just a victim anymore. Like she is yeah. a new leader and she's, she's an agent. I'm yeah. going to say maybe a better and stronger leader than Byron was. Yeah, well, not difficult. Yeah, for being perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's got she a little a real more cult of personality thing. A little more spine on her. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, we find out Psychor HQ's been bombed with Free Byron. So that that's the big hint that the unrest isn't over just because we're done with Byron doesn't mean we're done with telepaths necessarily. Yep. All right, that's the finish line. We did it. The telepath crisis in Down Below is over. <sighs> is this the telepath war or is there a war no. yet to come? Okay. There's a war yet to come. All right. Because it, yeah, it, it was like, if this is the war, they kind of oversold a little bit. <laughs> yeah, this is not the war. This is the crisis that is considered to have led to the war in the future bits that yeah. we get at the end of season four. This is the little Cuban missile crisis that yeah. blossoms into something else. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well. I gotta know. I am legally required to ask. Mm-hmm. On a scale of Babylon's one to Babylon five, how do you feel about this episode? I always go back when I'm struggling, when a number just doesn't come up in my head, to what is average on this show? Yeah. What's an average episode of Babylon five? And then that's my middle spot, right? I do feel like this is a little below average. Yeah. I think I've got to give it two and a half instead of three in that case. Okay. Because it is below average. I don't know that I'm going to put it. It's not down there in the worst for me, the worst of the worst, but it could have been so much better. It could have been so much better. I gave this a two. Okay. Um, For that reason, it's just like if we had just had like just even just those two scenes at the end of all the telepaths agreeing to be martyred mm-hmm. and then a little bit more with what Lita is giving them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just turn Lita into a stronger agent of change rather than a victim, mm-hmm. I would have liked this episode a lot more. Yeah. And it's not a lot that I needed for that to happen. And it's also not anything that is like radically different or uncalled for compared to other aspects of the show. Yeah. I think so. we needed some address of Franklin too, even if it was yeah. just a, a passing line between him and Lita, maybe even in an earlier episode about like, well, you used to fight so hard for telepaths and what's your deal? We're not, you know, up in the middle of this and him maybe saying something about like alluding to his time on walkabout, you know, I've kind of changed. I've kind of seen that things are more complicated and staying out of this a little bit. Like that would be totally believable to kind of move that character out of the storyline with just a, a line or a little bit of dialogue. Yeah, it's a, it's just disappointing in several different ways that I think we covered pretty well as we were going through the, the episode. Yeah. All right. Well, with all that said, you want you want to you want to tell them what's next, Laura? Oh, I'm I'm excited. Oh, this, I, we were recording out of order. So I was like, I don't tell them about the next episode, Jafar. That's your job. <laughs> nope. Next week, 
is our mid-movie break. Yes, mid-season movie break. We'll be watching Army of Darkness with Patricia Tallman as the she-bitch. That's her Uh, character name, guys. That's not Jafar being rude. (laughs) It is rude, but that is her character name. And we'll be joined by Benjamin R. Harrison of The Greatest Generation, which we got the set, Laura. We got them both. Yay. (laughs) Both of the boys. Now we just need to do one with both of them, maybe. Yeah. If we can convince them to come back. They did. They have watched an episode of Babylon 5 now. Mm -hmm. So, And for the record, if you aren't a listener to their podcast, The Greatest Trek, they didn't Mm -hmm. totally hate it. Yeah. Yeah, we got some respect knuckles for our show, so... That's fun. Yeah, so that next week, Benjamin R. Harrison, Army of Darkness. And then while we're at it, we've got a little spat of guests lined up for the next couple of weeks. Very exciting. Two weeks after Ben is on, Jeremy Siegel will be joining us. Yay, Jeremy Siegel. There'll be a a little announcement there. That's going to be fun. Looking forward to that. Uh Two weeks after that, we're planning on having Rachel and Ryan from Yum Yum join us. Yeah, I love Rachel and Ryan. And then two weeks after that, absolutely nothing's going to happen. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, and then later in the season, right right before the end, we're going to have Scott from Gray 17 back yeah. again. Love Gray 17, too. Yeah. So lots of exciting stuff up on the horizon for the back half of season five. As we tend to do, I like. I don't know why I end up scheduling so many guest episodes for the back half of seasons. I think that's, that's, that's when a lot of working. the most exciting episodes are, though. I think that's what our guests choose. That's definitely the case for some of them. Mm-hmm. Others, I mean, I guess I just dictate when Ben comes on. I just tell him when he's yeah. what episode he's got. <laughs> he did pick. He did pick this season five episode, admittedly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, a bunch of guest spots coming up. Back half of season five, and we'll be done with season five towards the end of May, and then we've got wow. some movies, we've got some book club, we've got Crusade, we've got The Lost Tales, yeah, taking us all the way through to mid-November, and then that's that's Babylon 5. Yep. I just can't believe it's gone so fast. Yeah. We've recorded 114 episodes. Yeah. According it's to gone... sources, this is when we start getting good. I hope it's true. Yeah. I feel like... We've got a good rapport going. I think, I think so. we've got a I think we got a good dynamic. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, with all that said, we do have to still thank him, even though he's gonna be on in a couple weeks, we get to do it in person. But until then, we'll have to just through the airwaves thank Jeremy Siegel for our lovely theme music. Thanks, Jeremy. Really appreciate you putting that together for us. You can find more of Jeremy's work at jeremysiegel42.bandcamp.com or on streaming services as Nuclear Jaguar. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. Jeremy and I may be recording some things together, and uh, I always have to remind him what his band camp is. He doesn't remember his own <laughs> band camp address. It's very cute. Because <laughs> you know, how often do you go to that side of your own thing, right? When you put something yeah. out there in the world, like you're going into the... Never. I never listen to this podcast. Yeah. like I can't. It's weird for me. You're doing I, like I, the Captivate. <laughs> you're doing like the... <laughs> inside its bones and yeah. you don't come to it from the the outside angle i even commented in our little group chat that we have with us and ben and our significant others that i was listening to a recording of a work meeting last week yeah and i'm just like who the hell is talking right now they've got a stupid oh no 
(laughs) (laughs) And I laughed so hard because that is so real. Just the most relatable thing you have ever said, Jafar. (laughs) But anyway, we've also got to thank Angry Duck Time Machine on Instagram for our podcast artwork. Uh, Thanks, Aaron, for editing this podcast and digitally altering my voice to sound more like it does in my head. Appreciate that, (laughs) that effort that you put in every week. And thank you to you, the listener, for being here with us. Thank you for enjoying the sound of Jafar's weird voice. It's significantly (laughs) deeper in my head, my own voice. (laughs) If you want to join us on our Discord, we're keeping the conversation going all week. We Mm -hmm. have great memes and chats there. So please find us on our Who Are You Discord. If you need help getting there, you can always email whoareub5 at gmail.com or just send us your other thoughts there. We're going to be getting closer and closer to season, the end of season five. So maybe it's time to start plugging. We want your season five thoughts. Please send. Oh, yeah. We should probably ask for those. Send us some season five thoughts on Discord or whoareub5 at gmail.com, please. Yeah. And we will see you next week, Internet. Bye.